We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. They are suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. They're more than meets the eye, but also therefore the athletes. Do you run? Do you golf? Do you train? You want to look like your favorite athlete? Guys like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, the backbone of my dynasty team, Justin Jefferson. Well, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today personally i love the holbrook sunglasses just a very classic look and comfortable fit for wearing around town every single day and Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do. So head over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast. If you're joining me over on YouTube, over on Twitter, on Facebook, welcome. We've got plenty to talk about tonight. Free agency now less than two days away. Friday, 6 o'clock Eastern time. Free agency starts up. That's 3 o'clock Pacific time. So much going on out there regarding the Los Angeles Lakers. So much out there in the wind in terms of what the Lakers could potentially do. Now, I'm not expecting this free agency period to be one where we see a lot of big moves from the Lakers. I'm not expecting the, oh my gosh, the Lakers just traded for Russell Westbrook moment in this end, and that's a good thing. I'm not expecting to see that in this year's free agency. No, what I'm expecting to see is a lot of the Lakers are bringing back player X, right? Bringing back D'Angelo Russell, bringing back Austin Reeves, bringing back Rui Hachimura. Most of the core of their team, I expect to be back with this next season squad. And then you do some things around the margin. However, the things we've been talking about them potentially doing maybe qualify as a bit more than just we're doing something in the margin. And of course, I'm talking about Bruce Brown and the rumor that the Lakers could be pursuing him. What might that look like with the mid-level exception? So we got to talk a bit about that. We got to talk about how the Lakers can actually make that work. How does the math work in order to bring him into the roster while still keeping your guys? Because remember, the new uh, collective bargain agreement, the new CBA, uh, the cap has gone up. But if you use your mid-level exception, which would be the Lakers' weapon to go sign a Bruce Brown level player. It doesn't have to be him specifically, but a player of that caliber, it would be the mid-level exception. If we want to talk Dante DiVincenzo, same thing, mid-level exception. Josh Richardson, same thing. Maybe Mason Plumlee, right? There's a number of guys that, uh, Christian Wood, that would be mid-level exception level players. If you're going to get any of these guys, you're going to have to use that 
you would trigger a hard cap at 172 million. You would not be able to cross that line. So what can the Lakers do? Can they bring back D'Angelo Russell? Can they bring back Rui? Can they bring back Austin Reeves and still make a move using that mid-level exception? And then what about the biannual exception? People may not realize I get into all of the cap stuff. There are some people who see the salary cap stuff and they just go, no, this is way too complicated. I'm out. Um, and that's okay. I understand it gets very complex. Let's face it. Part of the reason why I have this job is because I obsess over this kind of stuff and can, and can dive deep into the cap and all of that. Um, and, and break through it and explain all of this because let's, let's face it, a lot of people just look at it and say, I don't have time for that. And I get it. It's, it's needlessly complex, but you can take the biannual exception and the mid-level exception. You can use both of them. Most exceptions, you don't get to combine. Like if you have the room exception, that means you also don't have the mid-level exception. You don't have the biannual exception. You don't have uh, the taxpayer mid-level exception. You don't get any of those if you have the room exception. If you get the taxpayer, you don't get any of the other ones. The mid-level, the biannual, two ones that you could actually use in the same season. Um, so you could have... 12.4 million in spending power plus 4 million and change, almost 5 million with that biannual exception too. That could be the path the Lakers are looking to go down. And we've got a lot to talk about here because we're going to find out not Friday at six o'clock Eastern time. We're going to find out tomorrow. We're going to find out tomorrow what we think the Lakers are going to do, or at least what path they are choosing. Because here's the thing. If they keep Mo Bamba on the books, 10.3 million non-guaranteed, they can waive him and have nothing on their books for next year. If they keep Malik Beasley, 16.5 million team option, they must make these decisions by tomorrow. Podcast listeners over on Apple Podcasts, they have to make these decisions by today. Anybody that's listening or watching on Thursday, they have to make these decisions sometime today. Once they make that decision, that will give us a good idea of where they're going. If you see them cut ties with both Beasley and Bamba, that tells you most likely they're going the mid-level exception route. They're going to try to have that full $12.4 million to go spend out in free agency. They're going to have maybe the biannual exception as well. That's probably what you're going to see. Now, there is an extreme situation where they could actually go the cap space route. They could be a cap space team, but that would require goodbye Rui, goodbye low. There's ways you can get around it, but most likely goodbye to most of your roster. Okay. So if you see Bamba and Beasley not picked up, their options not picked up tomorrow. Bamba's contract not guaranteed. Keith Smith would be upset with me if I if I uh called that an option. But if you see those guys cut loose from the Lakers tomorrow, what that means is most likely they are going the mid-level exception route, which means Bruce Brown could be in play, Dante DiVincenzo, the higher level guys that aren't the stars, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, those guys are not going to be in play no matter what, just about. But the top tier role players, those guys could be in play for the Lakers should they decide to cut loose Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley tomorrow. So again, that's something to keep an eye on uh, in terms of the Lakers' decision-making. What is it that they are going to do? So lots to talk about there. Um, I am going to get into the actual math behind it so we can get a sense of what it is that the Lakers really can do, really can't. 
Sean Davis is going to be just joining me in just a moment to discuss some of this as well. We're also going to get into some super chats. Um, I need to break down a few of the super chats from our last show, though, that I haven't gotten to yet. Um, Derek Johnson asking about D'Angelo Russell said, how many playoff series has D'Lo played in his career? What's the sample size? It's not a large sample size of playoff games. He hasn't played in a ton of them. So it's a fair point when we criticize D'Lo and say, well, D'Lo just doesn't step up in the postseason. He also hasn't played in a ton of postseason games. Uh, Federico said, what would it take to get Doug McDermott? Probably not a ton. But what are you willing to give up to get him versus keeping your assets for something bigger, for something a little better? And I don't dislike Doug McDermott. If you can get him on the cheap, great. But if you're going to trade a contract, to get someone like Doug McDermott. Let's say you're going to guarantee the salary of Mo Bamba and trade that for Doug McDermott, uh, and you're going to toss in second-round picks, or whatever it's going to be. Wouldn't you rather keep that contract, that expiring deal, and use it for maybe something better down the line? Like, Doug McDermott is just fine. But it's not like if you get... It. Like, if the Lakers got Doug McDermott, do I feel like their title chances just went way up? Not really. Not really. So... I, I don't think he's a guy that you want to burn a lot of assets to go get. That's the way that's the way I see it, though. Avi B, thoughts on passing on a 19-year-old sniper in Senzabaugh? I'm okay with them passing on, on Senzabaugh. I think they found more well-rounded players. I like Senzabaugh a lot, but I'm okay with what the Lakers did in the draft. Uh, one comment said Austin Reeves is not a starting point guard. He's played point. He was a point guard before getting to the pros. That's what he did. That was his thing. He has the mindset of a point guard. Now you can say he's really more of a two in the pros, and that's fine. But I think it's not outside the realm of possibility for him to do it. For him to do it. Uh, Jose said, problem with D'Lo isn't skill, it's heart. Like Beverly said, some players are so gifted, they don't at least try on defense. Bet no one would trade them, though. I mean, I like D'Angelo Russell. I still do. I think he should be brought back. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Lakers to bring him back. Sean and I talked all about this on the last show. Why I think, bottom line, what, look, we can talk about D'Lo's shortcomings, and I think it's fair, and I think it's better to understand the context of what D'Lo is as a basketball player, better to understand where his highs and lows are going to come from. But I still think the bottom line is you should bring him back. I think it makes the most sense to bring D'Lo back. And joining me now, is Sean Spaces Davis, who's giving me the thumbs up, saying he agrees with that uh, with that opinion there. Sean, we recorded a show talking about how Bruce Brown, the Lakers were probably going to be priced out on the Bruce Brown market. And like 20 minutes later, the Lakers are being connected to Bruce Brown. That this... is that that is just that that encapsulates everything that is the NBA offseason. It's part of why we love it because things that you would say, well, that that's never going to happen. Stuff happens, right? Like it's just, it's madness. It's chaos. And we love it. This is like the only downside of NBA free agency and NBA offseason. So after we wrapped up that video, I told Trevor off camera, I'm like, Trev, I'm exhausted. I'm about to go take a quick nap. I wake <laughs> up, I wake up to, Oh crap. Bruce Brown's, uh, he's, 
maybe like interested with the Lakers or whatever. There's something going on there. Trevor records a whole video. I, you know, I think that's from the front office show, which you guys should go check out. We, we were mid video. So I fortunately I got to kind of double dip there that I didn't have to re-record on Bruce Brown. We, right. we literally happened to already be talking about it, but yeah. Yeah. So like now I'm paranoid, like, yep. Next two weeks, no sleep. Apparently that's my bad. I'll take accountability for that. one. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. I already, so just to give you guys a peek behind the curtain, you guys know we're crazy about this stuff. Like we just, we are right. Um, I, I stress out right. When it's this time of year, I went and got a haircut today and I was nervous the whole time. Like, Oh my God, something is going to happen while I'm gone. Like, you know, and, and I actually, the thought process in my head was, okay, I have to go today because tomorrow's too close to free agency. Anything could happen the day before free agency. I definitely can't go after free agency because who knows what's going to happen then. I'm flying out to Vegas on the 6th for summer league. And so I had to message Sean and tell, I, I think the word I used was paranoid. And I, yeah. I told Sean, I'm getting a little paranoid that something is going to happen while I'm in the air on the 6th. Can you please make sure you're around? So if anything happens, you can cover it. Um, that's, that's that's our mindset though. That's how we get this news to you as quickly as we possibly can. Yeah, so um I guess that there's there's my excuse for why I haven't gotten a haircut yet. Cause yeah, I'm I'm gonna use that from now on. Yep, I'm I'm paranoid, I'm nervous, that's all that's <laughs> gonna happen. There we go. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's get into some of these questions. Uh Billy said, Would you rather use the full mid-level exception on Bruce Brown or split it and keep Dennis and maybe add a guy like Josh Richardson? Dennis is a tough loss. I don't know that that's enough to get Josh Richardson and Dennis, but let's let's suspend disbelief here. If it was, oh, Sean just dropped out. If it was, I think if I had to pick, if you told me you can have Dennis and Josh Richardson or you can have Bruce Brown, I think I'd go Dennis and Josh Richardson. I think I do. I think Dennis was wildly underrated by by Lakers fans for much of the season not every Lakers fan obviously but he was on a veteran minimum contract but he made a lot of big plays down the stretch fourth quarters were huge for Dennis Schroeder talk about the defensive assignments that he took on I thought he was really important for the team and so if you told me you can get Josh Richardson too I think he's close enough to doing the things that you would want uh Bruce Brown to do that I would pick Dennis and Josh Richardson. Are you there or, were you, or would you go Bruce Brown? Uh, what, using a full mid-level on Bruce and then, yeah. or, huh. I don't know if I'm being realistic. I don't know if you can really split Dennis. Like, I feel like they're both like seven-ish guys. Like, maybe, maybe you can get Dennis like five or six, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like Josh, who just made 12, would... Oh, I feel like that'll be a lot tougher, but like, e- either way, if you're telling me I can get both, I still think I'd probably get Bruce Brown. I just think yeah. the quality of player that he is um, justifies why I would do that as opposed to Dennis and Josh Richardson. But also, yeah. there's a comment about this. Like, what's your starting five if we get Bruce Brown? If we get Bruce Brown, <laughs> that's probably bye-bye D-Lo, right? <laughs> I don't know. So here's here's let's let's that talk conference about conference finals is so weird. Let's talk about the math. Are you saying like because they kind of went at each other, or because Bruce Brown went at him, like D'Lo would have to be gone, like a Draymond Jordan Pool thing, like getting rid of Jordan Pool means Draymond comes back. 
Well, I guess it depends on like if the if that was more just like competitive fire or like they legit can't stand each other, which I guess technically we don't know. Sure. Um, but if it's competitive fire, then okay, cool. Like, there's no reason technically, in my opinion, this you're more cap refined than I am. There's no shouldn't be a reason why you technically couldn't bring both back or bring Dilo back if they're still get Bruce Brown. So let me go over the numbers here. Okay. Um, just looking at the cap, looking at what the Lakers are going to have. It all comes down to what we hear tomorrow with Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba. Here's why. Here's why. This is what I've got in my, in my cap projection here. This is what I've got on the Lakers roster in a Bruce Brown is a Laker world. We can also call this a, any mid-level exception player is a Laker world. So you want to call it Dante DiVincenzo. You want to call it Christian Wood. You want to call it Josh Richardson. Anybody else that you want to throw in as a mid-level exception quality player. Here's what I've got. I've got LeBron on his salary. He's 47.6 million. Anthony Davis, 40.6 million. Jared Vanderbilt, 40.7. Max Christie, 1.7. Uh, Austin Reeves, I've got him right about 12 million because if the Lakers have to, uh, have to match salaries, it's probably about what it's going to be. I've got Rui at 15. I've been saying Rui, three years, 45 million. That's my prediction for the contract that he ultimately gets. I've seen some people say less. I've seen some people say more. We're going to talk about the market in general in a bit here on this show. But I also have JHS at right about $3 million. I've got Maxwell Lewis at about a million, Bruce Brown at 12.4, and then D'Lo at $20 million. That's 10 players on the roster. You have four roster spots to fill. That puts me at about $158 million. That's with me using my mid-level exception. I only have four roster spots to fill. My cap, because I used... My mid-level exception is 172 million. So I've got 14 million dollars worth of wiggle room right now. Not only could I add, say, and remember, I only have to have 14 players on the roster. I could add three veteran minimums and a biannual exception. My three veteran minimums say that well, let's call them two million a piece. There you go. There's six million bucks. Right now I'm down to about eight million dollars uh, that I can play with, and then a biannual exception. Let's call it five million. That gives me three million in space still to make something happen here, uh, or to give me some breathing room below the hard cap. I've used my biannual exception. I've brought back D'Lo. I've brought in Bruce Brown, and off we go. I've got a few veteran minimums now. What I can't do is bring back Lonnie as well for say seven point eight million. I don't get to do that in this scenario. Um, I could give Dennis the biannual in theory, right? Maybe he'll take that four and a half million or so. Maybe he'll take that where it gets interesting. If the market dries up and we look at the teams that have cap space, there's not a lot of them. There's seven teams with cap space. If that money dries up, what if you get Rui for maybe I'm being crazy. Maybe this is overly optimistic. What if you get Rui for 13? What if you get D'Lo for 18? Then suddenly we're talking about, huh, now we're bringing back Lonnie. Now you're getting Bruce Brown. Now you're getting D'Lo. You're getting all of these things all together. And look, this is a perfect world. We talk about the ideal offseason. This is all best, best, best case scenario. I like this world. It is a nice world. I hope this is the world we wind up living in. But when I look at the amount of money that's out there and I look at the teams that are going to be willing to spend, 
I don't think this is all that far-fetched either. So I do see a world in which D'Angelo Russell is a Laker and Bruce Brown or some other mid-level exception level player is a Laker contingent upon the Lakers saying goodbye Malik Beasley, goodbye Mobamba tomorrow. All right. Let's play in this world a little bit. Well, first off, I have two questions. One is okay. more like uh, contract-related. The other one's like team building. Um, one, which player do you think is most likely to get close to their market value? D'Angelo Russell or Ruby Hachimura? Oh, that's and market a good value talking like Rui being 15 to 16 or anywhere in that range, and then D'Lo being like 20 to 22. Okay, so that's where we need to talk about the market itself. These are the teams. It's Sean, just give me a yes or no. Tell me if this team needs a point guard. Houston Rockets. No. Indiana Pacers. No. San Antonio Spurs. Yes. Detroit Pistons. No. Orlando Magic. No. Utah anymore. Jazz. Maybe. Maybe. Yes, I guess. Oklahoma City Thunder. No. So that's it. That's it. Right. So because of that, we're talking about two teams and one's kind of a maybe. Otherwise, the most a team's going to be able to give D'Lo if the Utah Jazz and San Antonio Spurs say we're not interested in D'Lo and these other teams that have cap space don't need a point guard. The most anybody else is going to be able to offer them is the mid-level exception. So when you're asking who gets market value, I look at these teams and I think these are teams that would be more likely to splurge on a wing like Rui mm -hmm. than a guard like D'Lo. So my answer is Rui. Based on if there were a bunch of teams that needed a point guard, I would go the other way. But there's not. I think this is a very difficult market for D'Angelo Russell, Sean. And the reason why I ask that question is because that means, to your point, I think 18 is dream scenario but i think this isn't a normal dream scenario because like to your point that's why i asked the question well who's gonna sign him what he's probably really worth and i don't want to okay. like say that in a way like to say oh yeah we're just gonna you know bring d'lo back because there's nowhere else for him to go like he's a good player right. but like you could maybe get d'angelo russell for less than market value and that's i think would be a home run because d'angelo russell at 18 million dollars is probably one of the best contracts in the nba like Think about it this way. Duncan Robinson for $18 million or D'Angelo Russell for $18 million? D'Lo. Exactly. D'Lo. Um, and then, all right, second question. You get Bruce Brown, you bring D'Lo back. It, do you not need, do you need to go get another guard at free agency? Because then my argument would be, you can go with just that three guard. And I think all three of them can be your pseudo point guard. Mm -hmm. Bruce Brown's had experience with it. Austin, uh, D'Lo. JHS, I suppose, Max is going to be in the rotation, guard rotation, as on-ball point guard, uh, obviously. But, like, I think you're set if you can get Bruce mm -hmm. Brown and retain D'Angelo Russell and navigate the rest of your assets to a wing or a big market where there's not a lot of bigs anyway. And I think what you're speaking to as well, Sean, is the flexibility that the drafting of JHS gives you, too, because that's another yep. point guard. And you don't know for sure if he's going to be pro-ready, coming right, right out of the gate. But Bruce Brown, JHS, Austin Reeves, D'Lo. Now you've got four guys that can initiate the offense for you in theory. And on top of that, if push comes, he doesn't want to do it all the time. But there's that LeBron guy that can do He's it. He's pretty all right. Yeah, he can do it every now and then. He can do it every now and then. So 
I get your point here where maybe if you do land Bruce Brown, does that signal an exit, not for D'Lo, but for Dennis Schroeder? I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, what do you think? Sorry for asking so many questions. What do you think Bruce Brown, like a contract lengthwise would be? I'd, it'd be kind of stupid, in my opinion, to do a, a one-year rental. Yeah. Like, this is a guy I think you can have for two-plus years and just give him the bag. I think it would be something similar to what we saw with Nas Reed, three years with a third year being a player option. Okay. I think he's got a strong enough market to where he could probably negotiate that. Okay. Right? Like, that That seems to make, to make some sense uh, to me in terms of what, what he could be looking at. Um, let me get into my guy Senpai's uh, super chat here. He said, would y'all give up Rui if it meant getting Brooke Lopez for three for 75? So $25 million a year for Brooke Lopez for the next three years. Just turned 35 years old. Another guy with cap space or Lonnie back and another guy with the room exception. Um, so give up Rui. Um I'm assuming in that scenario, in order to have that kind of cap space, you'd also be letting D'Lo walk. If it's Brooke at 25 plus another player with the open cap space, you would have to let D'Lo walk in that scenario too. Plus another guy with the room exception. Um, I don't think, I think Brooke, I, I think Brooke Lopez is going to be one of those 301 Pacific time on Friday. Brooke Lopez signs with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Like, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I I'm worried about three years with Brooklyn. I think he's a great fit, a great fit next to AD. But at 35, I'm worried about the three, the number of years on that deal. I'm worried about the money too. Like, is he that much better than Nikola Vucevic? Who's also younger. Like, that's like honestly, th that's money wise. The number I, I think you can make the argument. He's better, but like, I would rather have Lopez. I would yeah, rather sure. have Lopez, but you. But it depends on the team, though, too, in terms of sure. what you need more, right? Yeah. Um, like, if that number was honestly, like, the Vucevic number, sure. But then again, like, I run into the years problem, I think, money-wise mm -hmm. and length-wise, I have a problem with it. If Lopez wanted to do, like, a two for 40, sure, right? I think that's fair. Um I think honestly, twenty million dollars is probably where I cap out at Brook Lopez. Anything more than that, I'm like Milwaukee. Go ahead, keep them, um, especially for that length. Yeah, because thirty five and in that contract, you're gonna be making twenty five plus million at thirty eight years old for a center, mm -hmm. and what he provides for you likely would have tampered off by age thirty eight. I uh, yeah, I think I say no to that amount of money in that length. Yeah. I think it's it's you're signing a deal where you know that by the end of it it's probably going to be a bad contract. Yeah. You know, it's not like these baseball contracts that we see sometimes like Albert, Albert Pujols and stuff where like they knew when they signed the deal, hey, we're going to get these first few years and we're going to pay the price at the end of the deal and that's okay, we're okay with that. It's not that bad, but there's a pretty good chance. And you could argue he's, he may be overpaid in year one on that. Yeah. Um, just at 25. All right. Davion Nelson said, I'm very high on Christian Wood. I know he's not great defensively, but neither was Lopez before joining the Bucks. But Lopez is a big dude. <laughs> That's a there's a difference. Christian Wood weighs 10 pounds more than Wendy and Gabriel. There's a big difference there in terms of size and all that. Um, 
in the Western Conference Finals, we wanted AD to play elite defense, rebound, block shots, and score 25 to 30. I think he helps take the load off AD. Now, I agree offensively. Yeah. And I've, for years, been on board the put Christian Wood next to AD train. Yeah. I think based on what the Lakers said yesterday, and again, teams lie all the time right now. It is the season. But I believe what Rob Palenka said, that they're planning on running it back and that their goal is to find defense first, selfless players. We're talking about guys who don't care about putting up their own numbers on offense. We're talking about guys who are going to dig deep on defense. Those two things do not de- describe Christian Wood. When that, when he said that, I kind of mentally crossed Christian Wood off my free agent list. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what Christian Wood gets in the market. Mm-hmm. And I, I like him. I like him. But I think the Lakers have a very specific idea of what it is that they want. Bruce Brown fits that. Dante yeah. DiVincenzo would fit that. Josh Hart. I don't think... Oh. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Josh Hart. He would fit that so well. I don't think anybody else fits that though. I don't think Christian Wood fits that. I'm sorry. Uh, Syed said Eric Gordon, veteran minimum. Vet men, he's, sure, he's, but like he's under contract with the Clippers. He's uh, non guaranteed, right? Getting waived. Oh, that's right. This may be the non guaranteed year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This is the non guaranteed. I. This may be just kind of not wanting to spend too much time thinking about the Clippers, but I did not look at that aspect of their cap sheet. Um, what's the percentage that is guaranteed on that deal? And do they cut him loose? Uh, guaranteed. Uh, I'm not seeing where the, where the guarantee amount is. Usually it's right here on spot track. Maybe it's all, it could all be non guaranteed. Usually it's like a million is right guaranteed there. or something. It looks like this could be entirely non guaranteed. Let me see. If that's the case and he's out there and you can get him for a veteran minimum, yeah, why not? Right? He can shoot, he can pass a little bit. No problem. Right? Yeah, not like it's completely non guaranteed. Oh, because like it's this, in this the is why the chat. Thank, I appreciate you, chat, for the assist here. Uh, while we were doing the show, we missed the Clippers aren't guaranteeing guard Eric Gordon's twenty-one million dollar contract, and he'll become a free agent. This was seven oh, minutes well. ago. While we were while we were busy talking about the market, Eric Gordon became a free agent. We're going to pause for just a moment to talk about game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal. And that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing. Another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare. But buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun 
that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself with a little bit of time. You have some friends that want to go do something. Grab tickets on game time. Game time, the guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You even get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LakersNation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like if yeah. you could tell Eric Gordon, if the market is not that hot for him, and I'd imagine it's probably not going to be, um, if you could tell Eric Gordon, hey, you don't have to pack up all your stuff, just move across the hall, mm-hmm. and we'll bring you on for a veteran minimum. You need Compete shooting. For a championship. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would be opposed to it. Would be opposed no. to it. Um, dang, Spotrac had that number like that quick. Well, I guess technically they didn't. He's not listed as a free no, agent spot track yet, but like I'm drilling down into the contract where it shows me how I was looking for how much is guaranteed for next year. Oh. And that's it. But yeah. Batman. Okay. Let's say you can get Bruce Brown mid-level, uh, Eric Gordon, Batman, and I don't know. You think Mason Plumley biennial is possible? I think he made too much. He made like nine million this year. It depends on how the market plays out for him. I would love it if it if he could, but I'm not super optimistic on that. I like how the offseason shaping out so far. Yeah, and again, look, Houston. Look, what I think really what you want to see once the market opens up, that rumor is out there that Houston might have an offer of like forty million per season. For Fred Van Vliet, maybe 45. Like Houston might be losing their minds. I want to see that. I want to see that. You don't and think that's bad for like the the market? I think it's so high that everybody it's it's like when JJ Reddick got like what was it, 19 million or something like that, or like 21 million back yeah. in the day, but it was a one-year contract. So everybody knew, well, they're overpaying, but it's only because they're he's agreeing to sign a one-year contract. I think it would be like that for Fred Van Vliet. They're going, okay, well, it's what they're paying him in order to get him to only do a two-year deal when he really wants a four-year deal. So I don't think it would impact the market the way that it normally would. And it would remove the bulk of Houston's cap space off the the chessboard. Mm. And I think that could be a good thing for the market as as a whole for teams like the Lakers that are trying to get bargains. That's interesting then, because Houston's got a, a ton of guards, <laughs> right? Right. And look, er- Eric Gordon doesn't fit the doesn't check the boxes that we just talked about. Yeah. But if he's like we talked about, like if you're getting Bruce Brown, if you're filling ten roster spots, and then you're looking at 
the 11th roster spot is your biannual exception. And then 12, 13, 14 are veteran minimums. If he's one of those veteran minimums at 12, 13, 14, those roster spots, that's fine. I'm fine with signing a veteran like him that can come in and shoot the three. Figure yeah, he's, I mean, uh, like, he's replacing Malik Beasley at a fraction of the cost. Look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, like a 42.3% three-point shooter. Like, sure, a specialist for the vet men. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Oh, waving Gordon saves the Clippers $110 million in luxury tax, according to Woj. Jeez. Because yeah, they're so far over. The tax yeah. penalties on that are massive. So, uh, yeah, that saves them a lot of money. Repeater tax, um, right? Yeah. Mark Stein chiming in as well right now. Reggie Bullock's contract with the Mavs will be guaranteed at $10.5 million. Um, not a surprise. Not a surprise. Hmm. We'll see if anything else comes out while we're live here. Syed said, really hoping Plumlee comes to the proper LA team. The big market, it's not that deep. And so it really feels like now that Nas Reed is off the board, like Mason Plumlee might be your best bet. Like, is that really where we're at on the big man market? Like, we're keeping our fingers crossed that the Lakers can get Mason Plumlee? Unless you want to take, like, is Jackson Hayes a restricted free agent? I think they cut him. I'll look and see. Okay. Like, unless you want to take a flyer vet min on, like, Jackson Hayes, athletic, just, like, big, that can eat some minutes for AD. Like, really, that that's about it. Or, like, I'm still seeing... Jackson Hayes is a 7.7 million qualifying offer, and I'm pretty sure nope. the Pelicans already decided to not give him that. Oh, okay. Um, so. I'm seeing some Obamba. I'm fine, I guess, but like the cap like maneuverability, you might lose some of that, especially if you keep mm-hmm. him on the current contract, which is why like Trevor alluded to what they do tomorrow is going to be interesting. Um, I'm still in favor of like if essentially if there was a way you could do all that stuff we talked about with Bruce Brown or whatever, really just that, but you bring back D'Lo 18 to 20 or whatever, Ruby 13 to 15 or something for year one, and you can bring back Mo Bamba at like that. You want to use it technically. You're probably just like, yeah, you would have to maneuver a little bit, but bring Mo Bamba back to around that biannual number and essentially have him eat that number. And you don't have to worry about it. If that makes sense. Um, And there's your backup big, because there is a world where that is your best option outside of potentially, still seeing a ton of Daniel Gafford if mm-hmm. like the fire sale is like still going on maybe but right. like they just paid him it's like I don't know it's gonna be interesting for sure uh this one says don't need Bruce honestly feel as though his talent doesn't help us and he won't perform playing in LA we need a legit shooter and quality big man that should be the priority we don't need him I, I think disagree, you need his you defense. Go first trip yeah, I mean, I think you need his defense. I think he shot well enough this last season. Now, you can say there's a Lakers tax in terms of three-point shooting. There's some concerns there. That's understandable. But I, I think the Lakers need more tenacious perimeter defenders. And if you're going to spend... I, I guess this is what it comes down to. If you're going to spend the mid-level exception, I don't think you're getting anybody better for that. Right? Like, you're not getting Brooklyn. If you told me you can have Brook Lopez on a two-year deal 
for the mid-level exception, or you can have Bruce Brown. Okay, give me Brooke Lopez, right? But I don't think that's possible. I don't think you're going to get anybody better for the mid-level exception than Bruce Brown. Shot around 40% on catch and shoot on open catch and shoot looks like 35% in general. So you give me that. And I think one of the, this I'm referring to other teams here for a sec, but ties into what I'm about to say about the Lakers. When you look at like the Warriors, the heat, some of these high level, the nuggets, like one thing that they value that I think is important for the NBA, like currently even the bucks to a certain extent, they have high IQ players that just make a ton of winning plays. I think you need Bruce Brown for that. Like, again, like Trevor said, you need it for his defense. You need it for, like, you can't leave him alone. I think we saw that in the Western Conference Finals. You just can't completely leave him alone. You have to think about him, at least. Um, and if he burns you, he burns you. Good finisher at the rim. Has a interesting, like, diversity of, a like, offensive play type in terms of his scoring possessions that you don't see from a ton of role players of his build. Um, yeah, I think he was a... Big piece to that championship Nuggets team, obviously. I, I, I'd be greatly down to bring Bruce Brown in. And like Trevor said, who for the, if we're talking about that full mid level, who would you even say, like, you would, that's realistic, you'd rather have over Bruce Brown for that mm-hmm. full mid level? Um, I, like you said, Brooke Lopez, sure. I'd argue Max Drews, sure. But like, outside of that, Dante DiVincenzo or Bruce Brown for that full mid level, I think I'd lean towards Bruce Brown. So, um, yeah, I think that's what it just comes down to. All right, I've got a question here from Fernando. said, I don't get why Kuz's value is so high. He left being a super frustrating low IQ player that everyone wanted to trade and put up numbers on a bad team. He shouldn't be more than a taxpayer mid-level. If you can get Kuz on a taxpayer mid-level, you're talking about $5 million. I mean, the teams would be fighting over each other tooth and nail to try to get him on that. He's a versatile wing with good size that can switch between the three and the four can shoot a bit from outside can play make a little bit his part of it was his role is minimized on the lakers particularly with anthony davis mostly playing the four when kuzma was here yeah so where is he are is he getting minutes ahead of lebron at the three no is he getting minutes ahead of ad at the four no um and that's just the unfortunate reality of, of his situation he's a better player than that now is he an all-star is he a superstar no but he's a good player he's a good player with the skill set at a position that a lot of teams would want um yeah i mean when we're talking about is Rui going to get 15 million is he going to get 18 million i i can't see saying well Rui is worth 15 million and, and kuzma is only worth five that, that doesn't make any sense to me yeah um I think it's possible he gets a little overpaid. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on Athena, you know, I know Sacramento's been linked to him a little bit. Curious to see that they, they freed up a little bit of cap space um, on draft night with the Rashawn Holmes thing. Uh, that trade, man, I love their draft night. Like you get, you move off of Rashawn Holmes with that contract and you trade back like 10 spots and you still get the guy you could have justifiably taken at 24 or whatever. Either way. Um, yeah, I think Kuz is a really good player who I think is going to make probably 20 plus million dollars for sure this summer. All right, let's let's get into this. Let's let's just do it. Miguel Zabrano, <laughs> in your opinion, what is Cam Reddish's market like? Is he attainable on the veteran minimum or would it take the biannual? Let me say this. And I want to be very clear. 
I think, keyword think, Cam Reddish is going to be a Laker. Mm. Sometimes in the NBA, where there's there's smoke, there's fire, and there has been smoke around Cam Reddish to the Lakers for years. And now here's Cam, who's been kind of passed over by multiple teams. He's had opportunities to restart his career, and multiple teams have moved on from him. Uh, Portland looks set to to move on from him. It just Hmm. seems like he's sitting out there. I don't know that he gets more than a veteran minimum. He's still a young player, but shot 31% from three. Shot 30% the season before, 31% the season before that, 26% the season before that. Not great defensively. I don't even know if he'd be part of the Lakers rotation or not. But I don't imagine the market for him is going to be super competitive. And when if the market is all about the same, he's got a bunch of teams that say, well, we might be able to give you the mid-level, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the veteran minimum, that clutch sports connection, the fact that it's felt like he's been on the verge of becoming a Laker for so long, I think it's just going to happen. Not to mention the fact that we've seen now multiple players rehab their value in LA and then cash in in free agency. I think the path is clear for Cam Reddish to become a Laker this summer. Yep. I think that, um, like you said, this kind of, Similar in some ways, like Malik Monk. I think that's honestly like the the sell, right? The pitch, like, hey, look, for any young player that needs to revitalize their value, like, hey, look, come rehash your value and come play for a better minimum now. You double market, become outperform this contract, work hard, and go ahead and cash in right next summer, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think anything other than a better minimum, though, would be a, a bit of an overpay. Um, and then like biannual overpay, but like, it's not terrible tax rate, definitely overpay full med level. Oh my God. Like what is your front office doing? It just levels to it. But like, I think one cam reddish, the theory or like the thought of like cam reddish, what he should be is a lot better than cam reddish, the player. I also mm-hmm. think that he had a good, uh, conference finals run with that Hawks team in 2020. Or, like he has some moments in that run. That I think we're holding on to, but like in the past year and a half, there's been three separate teams that said, no, we're good. No, we're good. And no, like it has span of like 18 months or whatever. I think that has to hold some value. Like for a certain period of time, we were like, okay, why is Tibbs not playing them? But you combine that Atlanta, we're really to like say, yeah, no, we're cool with Cam Reddish. Then New York did it. And then Portland did it where you could argue Portland could use some uh, low-cost, high-upside talent. Um, yeah, I think anything more than the vet men will be an overpay, but I would be I would be cool with Cam Reddish for a vet men. Come play. Um, come work your butt off in training camp, and if you earn a, uh, earn rotation minutes, go ahead. Like, that won't hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, Cam Reddish is, what, 25? No. So, like... 23. 23? Still, like, 23-year-old... That if he busts his butt in training camp, like very likely, there's a chance for sure that he could outperform that contract. So yeah, vet men, why not? Like this comment says, Lonnie over Cam. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, if that was, I don't think you're getting Lonnie for a veteran minimum. No, that's the thing. 
if it was, and you told me you can have Lonnie Walker or Cameron, just give me Lonnie Walker every single day. Not close. Yeah. Not close. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. Troy Brown or Cam Reddish? Troy Brown. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And look, if Cam comes to the Lakers, I hope he does great. I hope it all works out fantastically. But th- he's had a lot of stops along the way where it just hasn't quite worked out. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But look, if he's your 14th man, sure, take a flyer on him. Um, I... Does he beat out Max Lewis? Does he get ahead of Max Lewis in the rotation? Um, what I view Max Lewis as a player, I think no, because I think Max Lewis, like six seven, that's athletic. That in theory, if he buys in defensively, which I think he will, um, just because of his work ethic and I think care for the game, buys in defensively has all the physical tools in the world to be a good defender and then a 40% catch and shoot threat. I'm taking Max Lewis, I think. And that's a second round pick we're talking about. In Mm. in Max Lewis's defense, (laughs) he is the top 20 grade in my book. No, there you go. How we fell to 40. Uh, Will Mo Bamba be on a revised contract? So I talked about that, that contractual breakdown. If you do use a mid-level exception, whether it's a Bruce Brown or not, in theory, you could take Mobamba and say, you know what, Mo, we don't think we're going to pay you $10.3 million, but if you want to stick around for a veteran minimum, we'll do that. You could do that with him if you wanted to, if he's willing to do that. I don't think his market value is that high. If he's willing to stick around for that, I would have no problem with it. All right, so this might be a stupid question, but it could the Lakers like partially guarantee that, if that makes sense? Like, and say, hey, Mo, we're not going to, like, instead of the 10 sure. mil, we're going to guarantee, like, four and a half. That might be a very stupid question. But, like, yeah, I mean, I'm you could. Curious. You could. You could do something like that. You can give them a little okay. bit more. There might be a, you know, impact down the down the road. But, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Miguel Zambrano, what have you done? Oh. Bring in the all-menace team. Sign Pat Bev, Dylan Brooks, and Jay Crowder. I think you just signed like Matt Peralta's oh. like <laughs> his his naughty list. <laughs> I I think I need to go take a shower just having read that. Like go, go ahead, I, I'll, I'll I'll take care of the show for you. <laughs> like obviously Pat, like Pat was a Laker and everything, but Dylan Brooks, Jay Crowder, the Lakers need guys who could look. You need def- defenders, and Dylan Brooks is that. And did, did you see the reports that Dylan Brooks is seeking north of the twelve point four million? He wants more than a mid level exception. I don't see anybody giving him that. I don't think he gets more than the mid-level. I think he could get the mid-level. Sure. But more than it, yeah. I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm not. Yikes. Yeah, just add Draymond to the mix while you're at it. Sure. That's actually the one player I wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Syed said, I would split the full MLE on a big and a wing and the biennial exception on a point guard. That's the one thing that's interesting about this Lakers roster is even as we project it out, I keep looking at it and thinking, you know what? I can't just zero in on the Lakers need a big, the Lakers need a wing, the Lakers need a point guard. I think you really need one of each. Now, depending on who you actually get with the mid-level, but it really does yeah. seem like they need one of each. You don't need a starter at each of them. You just need quality depth at each of them. Like, yeah. again, honestly, it depends on how you classify Bruce Brown. I think he's, like, a combo guard, honestly. So, again, like I think he could take that 
point guard, just that guard spot in general that we talked about. Um, and then, yeah, it gets interesting. Like, if you told me somehow this summer, uh, or honestly the next week before summer league or so, um, the Lakers spent up their money, bringing back D'Lo, Rui, Austin, and then what, the other three or so spots, it mm-hmm. goes to – um. You split that up between Bruce Brown giving him the full mid level, buying you on a wing, or honestly, like if you wanted to bring Dennis back, I guess. Um, but then honestly, like, could you argue that Max Christie is honestly your wing already? He just didn't play enough last season. Um, sure, you could. Yeah, and then Mo Bamba, I think, could be the big. I don't know. I think I, I'm just excited. This so I'm excited to see how the roster build, how the roster uh builds itself out um yeah I'm, I'm starting to get a little anxious Trev. i'm ready to talk about the lakers actual players and less about uh ooh, this player could be a good fit. i'm ready to talk about the the actual build i don't know i love this stuff i, I love this <laughs> stuff. i love getting all into all the, the the cap stuff and, and all that um this person said andre drummond reunion no so one of our Lakers Nation staffers actually told me today that he heard something about that. About that maybe being out there. Obviously, it's nowhere nowhere close to enough to say, like, this is a legit rumor or this is anything worth like, like reporting or anything like that. Just that maybe that's not a crazy thought. Pain. We'll see. We'll see. Um Somebody said defense and selfless. What about Justice Winslow? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Can he stick? Can he stay healthy? Mikhail said, I don't see Gabe Vincent that much of a talk. Would he not be a good fit? I think the sense is he's oh. staying in Miami. I feel like he put up big numbers with the Heat. Could he do the same with us? I think Miami is letting go. What we're hearing right now, anyway, is that Miami's probably going to let Max Struess go. And I don't know that the Lakers will be in his price range. Maybe a full mid level, but it's dicey. Um, 
and they're going to keep Gabe Vincent. So I think that's part of the reason why maybe you don't see that much Gabe Vincent talk. If the sense, and look, tampering does not happen in the NBA. But these questions, these these conversations are happening, right? I mean, we know it. We know it. Like, teams already know who's going where right now. Like, that's that's the thing. We just become privy to it on Friday. But I that could be why we don't hear that much Gabe Vincent talk, is if the assumption is he's already just staying with Miami, then that, that would explain it. Yeah, I, I think if you told me Gabe Vincent was like, an option oh absolutely we'd be talking about him a lot more but like trevor just said i think that's why we haven't been talking about gabe benson a ton and from miami's point of view um if you're gonna leave max true if you let max shoes walk with the hopes that like we're not gonna pay two shooters 18 million dollars a piece and potentially be consistent um yeah i think from a roster build standpoint that makes sense for miami why they would potentially mm-hmm. let max shoots walk and just bring back Gabe Vincent. They let they I believe they waived Kyle Lowry today, right? Uh no, here? they decided not to. Oh, okay. Read that yeah, wrong. They're gonna use him as a trade chip instead. Um, so yeah. All right, we'll do a few more. We'll do a few more before we uh before we head up. This show has flown by, by the way. Completely yeah. just I I love this time of year. Obviously, some great stuff. By the way, before we do go, I do want to mention we are gonna be live for fun Friday, which typically starts at two o'clock Pacific time on Friday. We're going to keep that. And you know what that means? Free agency starts at three o'clock. That means we're going to have the lead up all the way to free agency. We'll stick around after that buzzer sounds and we'll see if there's any deals that come in right as free agency begins. So join us. We'll be live right here on the Lakers nation YouTube channel for fun Friday. We'll be talking free agency as the buzzer sounds and kicks things off. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Julian, I think we can bring back Mo for five million. Let Malik walk, split the twelve million with Javon Carter and Plumley. If we don't get either, get Dante DiVincenzo for the full twelve million and Biombo for the veteran minimum. LA shouldn't go over twenty-two million for Dilo. I agree with the last bit. I don't know if it'll happen. Maybe they they do, they do go over, but. Based on the market, yeah, I think they are in a situation where you probably could stay under $22 million. Let Malik walk, split the $12 million, Carter and Plumley. Would you so, rather have Javon Carter and Plumley or Dennis Schroeder and Plumley? Uh, Javon Carter and Plumley, I think. Um, and if you don't get either, do Dante for the full $12 million mid-level. And then LA shouldn't go over 22 for D'Lo. Yeah, I think, again, like Trevor made the great point earlier about um, the market for D'Lo. In a normal year, like if teams needed more point guards, like the teams like space at least needed point guards, I think you can make the argument that you're probably going to have to pay D'Lo more than $22 million to, to keep him around. But mm-hmm. I think you're in a good situation where you can keep D'Lo between that 18 to 22 mark. And honestly, I think it still satisfies both sides. And again, I, I keep going back to this Yovan piece that he, uh, or not the piece, but what he said when he hopped on the show with you a few weeks back yeah. about how you could look at something like that, where it makes sense for both sides uh, to a certain extent. Like D'Lo, you get, honestly, maybe your best offer on the table right now. You get that 
uh, from the Lakers. But at the same time, you get less years. So then now you're 27. You get to leave in two years potentially or if you ball the heck out. Sure, why not stay? But go ahead and retest the market at your in your age 29 summer. Go get that long-term big contract. Let that sustain you through your age 33 season. That's probably your last one. But now you can get two more bigger contracts. So And then Lakers, again. $22 million or 18 and $22 million for D'Angelo Russell is really good value. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it makes sense, honestly. All right. Uh, let's finish up with this. And any super chats I didn't get to, I'll add to the next show, which we'll record uh, tomorrow, is a free agency primer. But uh, Bruno said, can you sign and trade for a player and use your mid-level and biannual as well under the hard cap? And the answer is yes, as long as you can stay under that hard cap. Any one of those three, those three things by itself triggers a hard cap. If you sign and trade for a player, hard cap gets triggered at 172 million. Mid level exception, high, hard cap triggered at 172 million. Biannual exception, same thing. Hard track, hard cap triggered at 172 million. Um, but you can double dip. You can do all three of those things if you want, as long as you can fit it in under that 172 million. You could do one of those things. You can do all three. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's I don't it. know how much analysis so, fall up there. So yeah, I mean that's that's it. That's the answer. It's a good question, but but that's the answer there. You could do all three of those things. Okay. Let's call it a show there because I know we're gonna be super busy tomorrow. There's gonna be all kinds of news coming out. Friday, obviously, it's gonna be even busier. We'll be right here live for the kickoff of free agency. Um, I am gonna do another show tomorrow. We'll break down any other super chats that came in that we didn't get to. We'll break down any of the latest news and we'll have that out Friday morning for everybody to listen to as we prepare for free agency. But this is big. We're going to see the next iteration of the Lakers built starting Friday. Again, six o'clock Eastern time, three o'clock Pacific free agency starts. And then just a few days later, we get into summer league. So it's going to be happening fast. Highly recommend you subscribe right here to the Lakers nation, YouTube channel, turn on those notifications. Yes, I'm biased, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong. Turn on those notifications. We're going to do everything we can to keep you in the know about everything going on in the world of the Lakers, what it is that they're trying to do in free agency, and all of the moves that they make. Thank you, everybody, tonight for joining us. Sean, thanks for coming on here. As always, man, this is uh, a lot of fun, and I can't wait for free agency to start. I can't wait either, man. Thank you guys so, so much for hopping in, by the way. Hit over 3,000 of you all, so that's awesome as always. And let's go. Free agency is almost here. Can't wait. Sad I won't be yep. there on the Friday show, but well, we'll, we'll make you up for it. Let's, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, everybody. Thank you again. Till next time. See you and stay safe.